Hello and welcome to the Becca's Music Room podcast. My name is Becca and I am an elementary music teacher who loves to share all of the things with all of you. In this podcast, you will get tips, tricks, ideas, lesson plans, and much, much more that you can take directly to your classroom. My goal is for everything to be as simple and easy as possible so that I can take some of the stress out of your life and help you have the best music teaching year ever. So if you are excited for all of the things, then grab a cup of coffee and let's get to it. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Rainy Barton here to talk all about fun things like advocating for yourself as music teacher and all how to incorporate more literature into the music room, which of course is one of my favorite things. So I'm really excited. Thank you so much, Rainy, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was super excited when you said you needed guests. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm always like, please someone volunteer to me on my podcast so I don't have to cold message you because that's weird. Um, but thank you so much. I'm really excited. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your, um, just about yourself? So where are you? Where do you teach? How long have you been teaching? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So like I said, my name's Rainy. Um, I've been a music teacher for only elementary for six years now. Yeah. This is my sixth year teaching all at the same school. So that's really cool because my fifth graders are like, my babies that I started with in kindergarten, it's full circle moment. So all the kids are mine now, which is just crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I teach elementary music in central Florida. Um, and I absolutely love it. I always wanted to be a high school band director when I was growing up, just because my high school band director had like the biggest influence on me. And then I actually didn't get a chance to do high school for my internship. I did middle and elementary and I just loved elementary. So I stayed there and that's just where I am now. So it's been, it's been really great. That's awesome. I feel like there's so many people who were like, I'm going to be a band director and then ended up in elementary. So I definitely am more thankful of that anyway, now that I have kids, because I was like high school, like there's so much stuff you have to stay after for. You have to stay after for marching band, for concerts, like all of this stuff. And I'm just like, I have no interest in any of that. <laughs> I Yeah, I totally understand. My husband is not a music teacher, but he used to be a... Um, tech for a marching band oh, and wow. he would be um literally every day all afternoon and every weekend and everything and it's crazy and then you know I stay after like maybe a couple times a year for extra rehearsals with my choir but that's pretty much it um so tell us about what your school is doing in this super fun time we're living in uh <laughs> It's definitely, I don't know. I mean, my school, I've been in back in the building since August. So it's just been a regular school year for me, <laughs> which I did not want to go back, but it's okay. Anyway, uh, we, I've been doing, I've been doing virtual and in person since August. So my school is small enough. We only have like 300 to 400 kids, uh, which that's like the smallest, like the biggest one in my county has like over a thousand kids. And there's two music teachers for that school. But Mine is small enough that I don't have five classes of each grade level. So there was a whole day, like Wednesdays, is when I do my virtual classes. So I actually get to do a live lesson with my kids. Um, and they come on at the same time they would if they were with me, uh, which has been great. Of course, they don't all show up, but the ones that do, like, that's been fun. And so... 
that's been really nice because the other schools that have too many, they have to, cause you're, it's mandatory, at least in my County that they get music and art once a week and then they get PE three times a week. And so the, the, um, what was I going to say? Where were they going with that? Why did I say that? <laughs> we can end um, what oh, are the bigger schools doing for that? Their- oh yeah. The bigger schools have to pre-record a lesson because it has to, you have to do at least 30 minutes of instruction, either video or live. And so they have to pre-record on their, you know, planning time, which is really not planning time. Really. It's more like that whatever time you get in the time that you get, but they have to pre-record. And so there's all this recording they have to do and uploading and all of these things. And then I don't have to do that because I can just show up and do it live with them. So that's been a really great blessing in and of itself. At one point they were thinking of making me do hybrid where I had to do virtual and teach in the same, like with people in my room at the same time. And I said, Oh no, no, honey. (laughs) That's not working because like, I can't do the same stuff with my virtual kids. Like we can sing with them, but I can't sing with the ones in the room. And then like, I can use instruments. I mean, I can still use instruments with my virtual kids, but I can do different activities like folk dances, like nor they're not touching, but like ones with partners or per se in like the room. But then I can't do that virtually because like parents don't want to do that. So that's just, that was a no, but yeah, I've just been doing hybrid hybrid virtual and in person and it's definitely been hard there's been a lot of procedures I've had to put in my classroom like for sanitation purposes and all of these things but we we are managing it the best that we can (laughs) yeah it's so interesting to me how everyone's doing everything so differently I agree about the hybrid with like your kids in the room and at home at the same time that's just if if anyone listening to the podcast is doing that I am so sorry because yeah, like just totally different activities that you do online versus in person and just, yeah, all the, all the craziness, but it's good that you can hop on like a zoom call. Cause I definitely find that it is much better to like actually get to do a live lesson, even if they don't all show up, which not all of mine show up either. So it's, you know, not you, it's just they're at home. And I understand. Cause I'm like, I don't want to sit on the computer all day either, but, um, yeah, and they miss you too. Like at least my kids are always like, "Oh, Miss Barton, I missed you so much." I'm like, "I miss you too." And even the ones that are not as you know, like good, be well behaved. <laughs> it's still nice to see their faces, even yeah. if they're um, not always on task when they're in your room. Um, yeah, so- I had one kid eating like a full thing of spaghetti like the other day, and I was just like really in music class you have to eat your sp- I just okay <laughs> my my school put like all the specials around either lunch or the end of the day so oh no like do I take an extra long lunch or do I go to specials and I'm like I mean who's gonna win in that battle <laughs> you know so mm. I have that problem often I have kids eating or standing off because they want to just you know have an extra long lunch or whatever, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so what are some things that you have put in place in your classroom? And also, are you in your classroom or are you in this? So the first nine weeks I was on a cart, that was my decision more because I was just like, my room is my sacred space and I don't want COVID in my room. Like I just I didn't want to deal with that. And I knew it was going to be so much harder. So I did do cart, which that was awful oh my gosh first off like I know how to operate the technology in my room I don't know how to operate it in all the other rooms because like I was 
the last, like the specials were the last people to get smart boards. Like everybody had smart boards for years before the specials teachers got them. And then I finally mastered smart board and now they have Promethean boards or some other type of weird board that I do not understand. And so like I had to learn how to use that. And then some people, their technology wasn't working. And so then if the technology was gone, I was like, well, crap. <laughs> that shoots like half my lesson. So it was just, that was that was terrible. And they're not like socially distanced in the classrooms because there's too many kids. So it's just, it, that was terrible. Um, but now I'm back in my room and that was harder too. I am lucky. I have pretty much, I think I'm actually do. I do have the biggest music room in the whole County. I'm almost positive of that. It's, it's fairly large, <laughs> which has been nice. So I'm able to actually socially distance them. Like there, I use dots in there. I don't use chairs anymore. I got rid of those like two years ago. Best decision of my life best decision. <laughs> so I used the sit spots and I, I based them like five and a half, five-ish feet apart, just because if I did six, they'd be all the way in the back of the room and no kid's going to pay attention to me all the way in the back of the room. So I did separate them in that way. And I do, um, I do still have them sanitize the dot to like, I will spray it. Cause I get like five to 10 minutes in between each class. Like I'll spray it when they leave, like right after they leave. And then I give them a paper towel as they come in and they wipe off their dot and then put it in the in the trash. And so that's just part of the procedure, but we've had to do that. I don't use all of my instruments. I do have, um, what is it? I think it's shower curtain liners or something. I can't remember what I used over my xylophone so that we can still use those because I didn't want to not be able to use those. And I was able to finally get enough stands for my xylophone so that they're easily pulled out. And that way, like, and I'll just clean off like wherever they touched on the stand, but I didn't, I was like, I have to have enough stands. Otherwise, like they would have to get them out of the closet and all this other stuff. And then that's just so much more that I would have to sanitize so there's like procedures for that and just anything that they do end up using um, for a class. I'll have, I have a sanitation area and then they've all put it there. And then at the end of the day, I will like sanitize it all and like spritz and stuff. Although I definitely can't, there's some things I can't use because like you wouldn't want to use spray that sanitizes stuff on like the wood. Cause it'll just break it automatically. Like I learned that after ruining two rhythm sticks. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just been a whole endeavor figuring out when you can sanitize things and what kids are touching. And then also like it's the music room. So they want to touch everything. And I already had like that problem of like, you know, kids walk in and they bang a drum or they hit the xylophone or things. And now it's like, if you do that, I have to clean it. And I literally am mad at you. (laughs) Yes, I understand. So I have been I've been home all year, but um, some of the other music teachers in my district at different schools have already gone back. And so we've been sent like, you know, all the guidelines and they specifically said you can use non-porous instruments, which I just thought was so funny, but basically so you don't ruin all the rhythm sticks Mm -hmm. and stuff. So like um, the drums with like the plastic heads and stuff like that. So I'm not sure how... I haven't faced it yet. We'll see how it goes in January. So that's another reason why I love talking to people. I'm like, tell me all your tips because I need all the things. I mean, you can still use a lot of things. And I know there was there was this one educator, which I did this and I just, it didn't work. She made virtual bags for all of her kids. Like this was when we were all virtual at this point. And so like each one had like dowels and rhythm sticks and things, which I did do for the virtual kids so that they could have 
a bag, which that was still way too much. That was like 200 kids and that was terrible. And I'll never do that again. But she also had it for the kids at the school. So like they would have their own stuff and she didn't have to worry about instruments. And I was like, that's just too much. Like, it's a nice idea, but I can't pull that together. And I don't want all those bags in my room. And it just, no. Yeah. No, I've seen some of those and I'm like, that just seems like a lot of work. My kids at home, we are um, rocking the pencils and the cereal boxes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that's been good for us. But like our school didn't send like anything home. I know a lot of other schools sent like a whole bunch of stuff, but we just got like their Chromebook and that was pretty much it, Um, which is good and less things to get lost. Um, so we talked about a couple of different things to chit chat about today. And one thing we mentioned was how to advocate for yourself as a music teacher. I feel like that is such an important thing, especially right now, because music is taking such a hit right now with like, you can't sing and people can't share things and you can't use instruments that can't be wiped down. Um, so what are some ideas you have for, advocating for yourself as a music teacher yeah so uh yeah this is definitely a passion topic of mine I've probably talked on this at least three or four times now because I just I've had I've had like the gamut of like principals and assistant principals that are all for music and arts and then ones that are not and could care less so I've I've had how many principals now in six years? I think four. Yeah, my county just likes shaking it up. Like the superintendent, at least. Now she's gone, thank goodness. <laughs> the superintendent at the time really had this fun idea of just changing it every year. So I, I'm i on my fourth principal and my third vice principal or assistant principal. So that's been fun in of itself. <laughs> but I've run the gamut. So like, I've had to like really learn like how to advocate for myself because like I started out really great and then it was not so great and now it's good again. So it's just been a hard thing, but especially during like this time, uh, you know, cause like you said, music's taking a hit. Like a lot of kids are not getting music at all. Like there's some schools that were just like, Oh, we're not going to even bother with that because like they still need, they're still struggling with doing the academic portion virtually. So we're not going to even throw music and art into the mix. And I'm like, well, they need that more than the other things. I mean, I'm just saying that I'm a little biased, (laughs) but they need that. So it's just been between that. And like you said, not getting to sing and whatnot, like then the principal and things are like, well, what are they going to be doing? Which my principal was like, oh, you can still sing. And I was like, no, no, we can't. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, we can't. Like she was very upset when I couldn't have choir this year. And I was not upset. I was really excited to take a break. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That was, that was, that was, that was great. But it's really important to just make sure in this time that you are, you know, still helping inform, like, I guess, helping educate your, you know, assistant principal and your principal and all of that on like why music is still important and how they can still be learning like a lot of great things during this, especially because we're still getting evaluated during this time. And that that's just crazy. Of course, my principal came in during my hardest class of all time. But but I don't know how they know it. I don't know. I don't know how they know it. But he came in and I was like, no, (laughs) you don't come in. And I actually, this is fun fact, he doesn't know that this happened, but 
that like, you know, you have a lesson and it just doesn't go the way you want it to go. And then like, you're like, okay, I'll try it one more time with like the next class. And then you're like, oh, this is not good. So this was on a Friday, my last class of the day. And I was like, I don't want to do this lesson again. And then he walks in and I was like, well, I'm not doing this lesson again. So I did the fifth grade lesson for the fourth graders instead and was like, hope this works. <laughs> But it's just during that time, even then, like I had to like, you know, when you have your meeting with them afterwards about like how it went, like you, I went in like with like, this is what I did for this standard. And this is what I did for this. And like all these things, because they don't necessarily understand how it all relates. Plus now with like no singing and stuff, like it was a good lesson still. Like it was on Duke Ellington's Nutcracker Suite because it was right around that time. So that was still good. But you have to go in with like a game plan for how, you know, why everything ties together the way that it does, because like they can catch that a lot easier in, you know, English or science or things of like, oh, well, very clearly you're working on, I don't know what's a, what's the math thing. You're working on fractions. Here you go. You're working on fractions. And so you're doing the standard and the standard and the standard. Whereas if they come in and like, they're doing like a chasing game or something like they don't necessarily know that like, Oh, they're learning like sold to me, but then they're also doing like their, you know, 16 note rhythms. And then they're also doing this and they're doing that, which is this standard, which it's this standard, which it's this standard. So you have to like go in knowing like, you know, just advocating for yourself because otherwise that's when you get like those not so great, you know, things saying that you're not highly effective and all that. And I'm like, well, you just didn't, like you saw it, but you didn't, you didn't process it. So just being able to advocate for yourself in that time more than ever. And then also just like making sure that if, you know, music is not being as heavily seen as important during this time that you're still making it be seen important, like still making sure like you're doing the best that you can for your kids, whether it's really great lessons or that you're always on top of like, you know, your homework or, you know, you're just checking in with your principal, even just like talking with them about ideas for like when you're out of COVID or other things, because then that keeps it on the brain as well that like, oh, like it's going to be this is not permanent and I still have this planned and then we're going to do this and just all these other things. Like it makes them, I guess, remember, Oh yeah. Like it's not always going to be like this. And then just helping them remember to focus in on you needing your needs as well, which is why I didn't end up having to do the hybrid because they were just going to do it. And I was like, no, 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 no. We need to have a talk about this. And we sat down and like realized like, Oh, like that's really not realistic for her to have kids in her room and also do it at the same time. Like it's not realistic for the teachers either, but they can do it easier because they're teaching the same thing anyway, but like, we're not. So like if I hadn't have been like, no, no, we need to sit down and have a chat about this and like actually came in with like my reasoning for it, then they would have just done it because most of the time in special areas, they just, they just do things. And then you just have to deal with the aftermath, unfortunately. And so if there's a way that you can, you know, just kindly guide them in the direction that most benefits you, then that is what I would advise to do. And I know I just said a crap talk. Yeah, people always tell me that I talk really quickly, but I'm like, she's talking even faster than I am, which I appreciate because then you get a lot of information in a short amount of time, which is oh, my kids are like, Miss Barton, how do you talk this fast? I was like, I don't know, but you understand me, so we're just gonna roll with it. (laughs) I'll tell mine, I'm like, I'm gonna talk really fast so that we can get to the fun stuff. If I'm too fast, just like raise your hand and let me know. And I've had them be like, Ever can you talk slower? (laughs) Yes. 
I luckily am not. I think they've just learned to deal with it. I mean, I get a lot more done probably than other people because I just talk fast. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, I love how you were talking about um, that you might need to explain why like your activities are related. I have noticed this so much this year because when we went virtual um, and still now we changed our lesson planning format because I've always had like, you know, the ridiculously long word documents. Um, and we've changed to like an online format. And when I got the, um, like template, I was like, this does not work for me. (laughs) Like it just, it's so, it does not make any sense for music. And so I've had to like really try to think of like, how can I best explain what I'm doing and how it relates, especially because in music, we're teaching lots of standards at the same time. So like I have to click to like add all the standards in. Um, And so I'll usually have like five or six different ones because in one class period, we're working on so and me and singing voice and high and low and quarter notes And we're also talking about what the music sounds like. And there's so much that goes in and you have to do it like all at the same time because you can't just like, you know, not Mm. talk about rhythm for six months because you're talking about melody. Um, So those are things that like your principal may not realize that you might have to explain a little bit, um, whether in your like lesson plans or actually in person, you can be like, yeah, well, this is our main standard. I usually have like, I'll say, you know, this is the main topic. Mm -hmm. And then under it, I'll have like, these are the other things that we're either reviewing or about to work on and previewing and just all of that kind of stuff. So that's really good. Yeah, that was something I did have to struggle with too, because they wanted all the teachers to do like the same. And I was like, I'm not doing the same. Like it doesn't work. And so I was like, this is what I want to send. I hope that's okay. And then they looked at it and were like, oh yeah, that's fine. I'm like, okay, good. Because that one did not work for me. And I also have sixth grade levels to think of. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of lesson planning that happens. Um, so what are some ways that you would advocate for yourself? So you already mentioned uh, making sure you talk to them about what is working or is not working and um, what and explaining different activities and things. Do you have any other ideas for how you can do that? Maybe even if it's not like right this second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like- I mean, well, there's tons of other ways. Plus, you want to make sure you're not just advocating to your admin, you also want to advocate, you know, for like the parents and like, just like, you know, just music as a whole. So like our county does several events we have, especially during, you know, music in schools month, like we'll have normally every year, a giant uh, music festival, which was so sad. The week that like schools were closing was when we were supposed to have it. And so we had to cancel the day of for the show. (laughs) And it was, it was so, oh, so upsetting, but there was going to be like over 3000 people in that building. And this was right when COVID like was hitting. So it was like, that's, that's not safe. So that was really unfortunate. So this is probably the second year that it's going to be canceled, which is sad, but normally we do have like one of those big things in March and then we have an honor choir and things. And so the best, another way to importantly make sure that, you know, you're advocating is actually partaking in the activities that your County is doing. So like, cause I know that there are like music teachers and stuff. They're like, Oh, I just don't want to do that. And then they don't do it. And I'm like, you're literally like showing your principal and stuff that like, you don't care about your job, which is going to make them not care about your job, which is going to make it so much harder when you actually do want them to do something for you. Like when you want to do a show or something, they're going to be like, Hey, you don't need to do it. Like you don't really care. 
And so making sure that you're participating in the things that your county puts up for you, even if it means that, you know, you're having a lot of extra practices and stuff like it's still like it's technically part of your job still like you're, you know, at your, what your kids want the exposure and you should want them to be able to know partake in these extra things. And then going to like your music teacher conferences, if you have one, like we have a giant one every January, which I'm so sad is virtual this year. It's my favorite time of the year to take like the Thursday and Friday off and go. It's the best thing ever. Um, But going to that as well to like show them like, yes, every year I also have something that I need to go to that helps make me be a better educator. And so like making sure you're going to like if you have local ORF chapter meetings or Kadai level meetings or things, just making sure that you're you know, furthering your education and stuff so that they know that it's important. And then as far as like the parents and things go, just making sure when they do go to an event or something that you're really talking about, like the importance of music and like what they're learning and stuff. Like I got this video, I think from my band director, I think he showed it. In fact, I know he showed it at the beginning of every Christmas concert of ours, it would be like a band and they were playing and he was like, all right, so let's play at a hundred percent, you know, like, let's just play the piece. So they play the piece for like a minute. And then he goes, okay, I want you all to play 90% of the notes. Correct. And so then they play like 90% and then he's like an 80 and a 70 and he gets all the way like 50. And he's like, see, look like 80% is not good in music. 80% is still bad. You hear this bad note, you hear this, you hear that. Like we have to be at a hundred percent. And it's like, where do you have to be at 100% for all of these other things? Like 80% is okay in an English class and 80% is okay in science. And he just goes on to explain that like, there's so much like concentration and focus and all these things that you have to be in music and like just explaining how it all ties into the brain. And by the end of that, like five minute video, you're like, whoa, (laughs) that's just so like crazy. But he would always put it on and then just be like, this is why like music is important. And this is why your kid should be in music and why when they have a concert you should take them and why when it's doing this you should be doing this and like ask your kids what they're doing in music class and like maybe come to their class like because I know that there's some people I've done this before where they do informances and your parents can come to the school which we're obviously not doing right now but they can come in and like see your kids so like inviting them to do that but like between videos and just making sure that everybody knows why it's important Um, which is especially important in my county anyway, because we have a referendum every four years we have to vote on that lets music and art be full-time in schools. Uh, Otherwise, the teachers, right, which I got this job right as it got passed for the first time. Uh, Before that, the music teachers were at two or three different schools. They had to like commute and all this stuff because they just didn't have it in the budget for music and art, which that's a whole nother a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. <laughs> but they finally, like every four years, we have to re-vote on it. And so like the public will only vote on it if they recognize that, you know, music and art is important. So doing your concerts, you know, promoting in the community, doing like Christmas carols or whatever it is just to like show the parents that it matters and the kids that it matters and the, you know, the community that it matters, because then like, that's why, that's how it's been able, it's passed for the last the last time as well, which it was not even the first time they passed it, it was relatively close as to whether it was going to pass or not. And now it's getting like further up of like, oh, everybody agrees, like music and art is important. So just there's a lot of things you can do, but just making sure that you are just being the best music teacher you can be for your kids ultimately. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And with concerts as well, if you can throw in like, as you're introducing a piece for like, what the concept is and like what they're learning those things will help too because a lot of times parents will be like 
oh, you just like sit and sing songs. And I'm like, not exactly. Like, yeah, we sing, but it's not like we're not just like sitting here doing that. Like everything has a purpose. And so just like with your admin, you might want to explain that. You could explain it, you know, in layman's terms for um, the parents like at concerts and stuff like that. And that can help. We do um, like a newsletter that we send out each quarter with all the specials. So that's another thing because I can write on there like, oh, kindergarten's working on this and first grade's working on this. Um, and that's just like another way that you can do that. And that's pretty easy. We just give them to the um, teachers and they put them like in their little homework. Oh, I like that. I have I thought about that before. I haven't done it. And the concert one, I definitely need to get better. I've I mean, the we do a musical every year, a third grade musical, and they, they actually like make it like I choose the book, but then we decide what songs we're going to do from it. And it's typically songs that they already were learning in class because I used to do canned musicals and that just takes so much time out of class, like with songs that they would never have learned if it wasn't for the musical. So now I just get to use songs that they would have learned anyway, or that they were already have learned. And then they get to actually like play the, all, everything is the music accompanied is by themselves which is the third, would have been the third year doing it. Um, we're taking a break, obviously. <laughs> Everything's taking a break. But um, just between, you know, um, I haven't been doing that as much for my other concerts. Like there've been more just like songs and things, but I definitely, like the people that do like all ORF performances or just like, you know, they go from like xylophones to like singing to like recorders and stuff. Like I want to get there, but I definitely need to be better at being like, this is why we're doing this song. Cause normally I'll just go through it because concerts can take forever. <laughs> Especially if you have a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, so those are all really good. Speaking of books, you mentioned that you are very big on incorporating literature into your classroom. So could you share either your favorite ways to incorporate literature or some of your favorite books or anything like that? Yeah, so that's like my main jam. Like most of my teachers pay teacher stuff is books with music. That's like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, I just I just love reading. And then also my kids a lot of them, um, we, my school is just a lower grade school. Like they just, a lot of these kids come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And so like reading a lot of them, like are several grade levels below where they should be. So I'm always just trying to incorporate reading when I can and like talking about plot and like making sure they really understand what happened in the book. And like, sometimes like if I ask the kids, I'm always having them read stuff to me. Like I have a a question of the day and I always have a kid read it and then I can tell like which kids can read really well so that I don't necessarily pick on them as often and then the ones that are struggling I help them and then it's just helping them with their reading in general but the books I just love using books because kids love hearing stories it doesn't matter if they're in fifth grade or kindergarten they love hearing stories even my fifth graders do they may say they don't but then they get very upset if I don't finish the stories <laughs> They love hearing stories. I mean, everybody loves listening to a good story, even if you're an adult. So adding stories and then getting, you know, to add an element of music to it, whether it's singing a song with it or adding a rhythm pattern to it or even adding like a dance to it after the fact, like that can just like enhance their love for the story even more. And then like they might ask for it every year. Like there's one I do for, uh, I think it's called Bonaparte Falls Apart. It's a little book about a little skeleton that he really wants to go to school, but he keeps falling apart. And so like his mummy friend mummies him and that doesn't work. And then like his spider friend spins him in webs and that doesn't work. And then they, I can't remember how it ends. Oh yeah. There's a dog. The dog just is going to catch all his bones for him and throw them back at him. <laughs> he can put himself back 
together. It's a cute little book, but yeah, I just added the song. What was it? Ezekiel's bones or what is, which one is it? Bone. I can't Dry remember. Bones. Dry bones. Yes. Dry bones. I added that, but then just changed it from Ezekiel's bones to Bonaparte's bones. And so like, we just did that in a circle, like the dry bones game after. So we would sing the song every time, like he, a new character tried to help him. And then we would add the actual game afterwards because it's a passing game. So it was perfect for like second or third grade anyway, to do like some different passing patterns. And so my kids love that. And they, they started that one like two years ago and they've asked for it every year since. So just getting to add, you know, games and all the stuff to the books has just been really, really great. I absolutely love it. And I try to add a book almost every class if I can. I don't always, but I just, I just love all the books. Plus I love doing all the holiday themes. So you got to have a Halloween book and you got to have a Thanksgiving book. And I'm still working on like a St. Patrick's Day book. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like I have a St. Patrick's Day book, but now I can't think of it. Um, My favorite St. Patrick's Day song though, would be um, Oh, Row the Rattling Bog. Oh, I don't know if I use that one. Oh, road, rattling bog, bog down in the valley. Oh, I love that one. It's accumulative, so you get to add things. So we always do like the little actions. Oh, I like that one. I use one, two, three, O'Leary. I like that one. That one's good too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I have any St. Patrick's Day books now that I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'll get on that. <laughs> we'll work on it. It'll be our project for next year. Um, but I love that Bonaparte falls apart. I haven't used that one. So that is super cool. Um, any other suggestions, especially for like older kids? Because that's always the ones that I have a hard time with is the older yeah. kids. Like, I don't know what books you should like. <laughs> well, that one also you can use for the older kids because that has low, low, low law or soul, I believe. I think I think I introduced low law or soul with that one. I know I know I made because I made a PowerPoint for it. I'm pretty sure I did. But I do try to figure out ones for the older kids just because like they are harder to figure out. So just any any that you can add for the solfege or the rhythm. Like I know there's a Hispanic heritage book one, which one, which book is it? The, what is it called? It's about Tito Puente. I can't remember. Yes. The mom booking that book. Yeah. Cause that one has like a, I think it's for T Ticka or one of them. It's like Tum Ticka Tum Tick or something. There's like a pattern in the book. Like it actually is all throughout the book. And at the end of the book, they have it. It's a typical mambo rhythm but it's great for like tea ticka or ticka tea, whichever one. I think it has tum tea, tam tea as well. So that's like great for like th- third, fourth and fifth. So I'll always use that. And then I just add uh, the big drums to it and we'll like do that pattern whenever it's like throughout the book. And then I always show them an actual video of Tito Puente after the fact, because like they love to see like, oh, like who was this guy? Um, and so I show them that as well. But uh, definitely any that I try to find songs either that, already have those higher concepts that I can just easily add into a book if it works out like the dry bones one did or I'll make a song if I have to although (laughs) my songs sometimes they're really good sometimes I'm like oh this is this is not the best but I needed a song so we're just gonna go (laughs) yeah that is not my forte but (laughs) I have on occasion you know I feel like normally they just like pop out and I'm like I don't know where that came from but we're gonna roll with it great (laughs) 
Yeah, but I definitely just love using books for all things. And like, the, I mean, the kinders love it and I can always find a book for them. And so it's just, just getting to, and plus also adding like classic literature that they might not actually ever read. Like I do, which I didn't make this one up. It's in, I think it's in Artie's books or something, Artie Almeida. It's the Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, mm-hmm. Very Bad Day. She uses that to teach about like the four uh, non-pitched sounds. So like woods, metals, shakers, and um and membranes, I think is what she uses, but I always use that. And some kids have heard of that, but then some kids haven't. And I'm like, that is a classic book children. (laughs) And then there's like other books. Like I used where the wild things are for my third grade musical last year, which I got, I didn't, that was the one year I didn't make that one up. I got that. I still, it was still a all kid orchestrated one, but it was from Eileen miracle, I believe. Um, but a lot of my kids had never read that. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like that's, that's also a classic. So also anytime that I can add books that like they should know, like these are really great books. I also try to add that as well, just because like they're classics. Like I would hope like they can, you know, maybe get them for their kids one day or that they see that book and they go, Oh yeah. I remember when I did this with Miss Barton. And then like they have a story to tell with like their parents and whatnot. Yeah. That's really good. Especially, um, all those classic books, like they should just, they should know them. There's a reason why they're classics. What I always, what I always say, um, I think we have time for one more. If you can think of another one off the top of your head, like another book. Yeah. Oh, um, oh gosh, I guess well, that's, that's, that's probably my most popular one. Just the run Turkey run. That's a great one for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That one. What did I use that for? I think I used it for crossover Bordeaux for like the older kids and there was something else, but that one I did make a song for, which that's probably the only song that I'm like, that's a jam right there. <laughs> but um, it says like run Turkey run in it like 30 million times. So of course you needed to add a song to that. So I added a little song and then they do like a crossover Bordeaux pattern and it has like a whole, a whole little orchestration piece, which I only could do because I did or levels one and levels two, which that was great that I wanted to do level three and it's been canceled last year and now probably this year. So one day I will be or certified. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one's just really great for that. And it's a great little turkey book and the kids absolutely love it. And then I add this turkey game that I got from a, what was it? I think from my con- my very first conference I went to, it had these giant turkey gobbler, like the actual ones that you would make sounds with to make turkeys with that they used at hunting ranges. which they were like, this is where you can buy them. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy them. So I bought them. Me and my friend both bought them. But uh, when we got there, she had bought the size that they had, which were these little tiny ones. And mine were massive. (laughs) They were like this big. And so I know you can't see it, but like they were huge. And my, I shook, like she shook hers and it made like this tiny wimpy little sound. And then you shook mine and it was like the whole room shook. And like, we were like just laughing for like, an hour on that. And so every time I bring those out, my kids are like, Oh my gosh, it's the turkey cobblers. And they think it's the funniest thing in the world. But like, there's this little like, um, duck, duck, goose game that you can do with it where like, they just have to drop one of the turkey gobblers in and then they chase each other around and it's a whole ordeal. But yeah, that's just another fun one. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. And I, I didn't even know you could get turkey gobblers. I guess that makes sense for like hunting, but. Well, it's really fun. And it's definitely something I recommend having for like your arsenal and stuff, because like, I mean, you can get, you can't even really get one on West music. I've looked, they have like a duck one, but like the, I don't know. It's just not, it's not the same. No, I don't. I actually, I just ordered 
just. I got a grant last year, and so I ordered them last year, but I just physically got them. Oh, wow. So delayed. And then, like, no one was at the school, and there's, like, all this stuff. Um, But I got two little, like, bird sounds, but they're, like, little tiny, and they're not turkeys. <laughs> yeah, so that's really good. Thank you for all those really specific ideas. I think we are um, getting ready to wrap up. So could you tell us, I always love for our newer teachers, what would be like the best advice that you would give like a new teacher? Oh goodness. The the best advice for a new teacher. Well, it doesn't have to be the best, just advice. Well, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say to start simple, um, a lot. Well, I guess more, more, I mean by that more is like, don't bite off like more than you can chew in the beginning. Like I did. So I came in and my principal, like apparently for the past couple of years, they had had an all like Christmas concert for all the grade levels at once, like K through five, all in one sitting. And that was like the norm. But then like the, um, there was a really great music teacher two before me. And then the one before me, apparently it went to shambles and the whole concert was crazy. Like kids were running out of their chairs onto the stage. And it was just, it was a nightmare. And so like, she was like, I'm kind of hesitant on doing it again, but I really want it done. And that was kind of one of her bargaining points for like me getting hired was like, I would do this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I bit off more than I could chew. And that was the hardest thing of my life. And now I'm slowly starting to revert out of it and like, be like, I don't want to keep doing that. Even though like by now I have a whole system for it by year six. But just even like, if you know your principal, like some principals have expectations and some don't. So just like starting simple and being like, if you don't want to do a choir the first year, don't do a choir the first year. You don't have to just because you think that like, you have to, or like every other school has one, like ease your way in, only do like one concert and like dip your toes into the water. Like just start out super simple, get the lay of the land because like, first off the kids have to get to know you first because like the teacher before them might've been completely different than how you do things. Like they might not have had structure before they might have, they might've not. So just starting simple and just going with the flow and knowing that you don't have to accomplish everything in that first year as much as you want to, because you won't anyway. And the first year is going to be really hard already. So just make it easier on yourself and be simple. That's really good. And I totally agree Um, for our concert. So I do have a choir, but that was something like I really wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for our concerts, I typically just do like my choir sings and then I will pick one or two classes. So I don't do grade levels because I'm like, that's too many kids, but I will pick one or two classes with a teacher who's like really um, helpful and I know is going to be into it to pick so that I can work with that teacher and they'll usually let me like come in maybe during my planning and have extra rehearsals with their kids and then they're better at getting all of their kids there because I don't know about you but at my school it's always a struggle to actually get the kids to come um so I found having like one or two classes where I'm like okay this class is going to do this activity is a lot less stressful than like Let's have the entire grade level on the stage because I will say though, if you like, because I this might well, this would have been my sixth year. This was the first year I didn't do it. Like the first time I did it, like attendance was awful. And then year four, by the year four, I would say 85% of my kids were there. Like the whole school was there. And so, like last year, we had to have two separate concerts because we couldn't even fit anymore. Like it was like overflowed. And so, like, if you're consistent in things, then like the parents end up showing up. 
but still I wouldn't recommend doing all of them at once, but definitely, um, you know, I liked what you said with your system, but how do you make it so that does every kid perform within the year or is it just some kids never get to perform or is it just like, um, honestly, I have never gotten kickback from anybody. So it is not fair at all. They do not all perform every year. (laughs) And it just kind of it is what it is. So Mm -hmm. if you really want to perform, then you'll join choir in fourth and fifth grade. And then that That end up being kind of um, random. I typically will go with like a first grade and then I like to include third grade so that they will see the choir so that then next year they'll be like, Oh, I should be in choir. Um, Oh, that's really smart. Yeah. yeah. And my second, I don't, I don't know what it is about second grade, but second grade is always like wild. And so I'm like, they are not (laughs) like, I'm not even going to try every year. I don't know what it is, but yeah. See, second is my favorite. That's my favorite grade. Like, Oh, it's just great. I hear so many people say that and I'm like, why? I feel like they're like right at that point where like they can actually do stuff, but then they still love the kiddie stuff. Like that's where I feel with like second grade. I don't know. I don't know what it is every year. I'm like, oh, second grade's gonna be so much better this year. And then they're like wild. It is it like kids are fine in first grade. They're crazy in second grade and they come back in third grade and all's fine. And I'm like, I don't understand. Oh, that's kindergarten for me every year. I'm like, this will be the year that kindergarten will be manageable. And then I'm like, oh my God, they're insane. And then it's like, they're worse. And then I I can't like this year. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on guys. I don't have kindergarten anymore. And I am not sad about it. (laughs) We Well, we just got a bunch of them from that have never gone to school yet. They just came like three weeks ago. So like there's a whole grade, there's a whole section of kindergarten that has never been to school. And it's like starting from the beginning with them in December. And I was like, I'm losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They, they need that time to learn how to like function. Actually like function in a school before you just ship them off to music. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so I don't have a good like, you know, everyone gets to perform kind of thing for my kids. But well, we honestly, just- if you're not getting kickback, I probably wouldn't get kickback. I guess I just like have it ingrained in my mind that like if every kid doesn't perform, their parents are going to flip. But some parents just don't care. Um, I mean, it totally depends on your school. But like my parents have never commented the music teacher before me didn't have everybody perform all the time um my principals are just you know as long as somebody's performing they're good and then we Mm -hmm. also do um kind of our big things we do a big black history month assembly and Mm -hmm. the teachers are actually in charge so like each grade will do something and the teachers get that all done so like they'll either dance or sing or do like little um play thing and then i'm only responsible for my choir singing so like that's nice. We have a couple of those throughout the year. So like other kids get to perform as well, even if I don't like pick them for something, but yeah. So, but the biggest thing I would say is that if you can get like the teachers on board, I always pick the grade levels and the teachers that are the most on board that I know will actually like help me. Um, Cause some, you know, just not that well, they- that's why I picked the third grade musical at first, just because the third grade team, I was like, you are solid. So we are going to do this. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely um, talk to the teachers and see, like, kind of feel out who is, you know, more gung-ho about stuff like that than others. Yeah. But that's really good. Well, thank you so much for being here. We had so many, so many good things. You 
talking fast really helps to get lots of information in a short amount of time. So I love it. I'm here for well, it. Well, hopefully it's not too fast, which is so funny. Whenever I think I talk too fast, I was like, well, you definitely don't want to like 1x this conversation or 1.5 or like speed it up where like other people, okay. it's like you have to speed them up just to get to like regular level. Yeah, I would prefer talking fast than talking slow. So I appreciate it. Hopefully everyone else does. Um, One last thing, where can people find you to connect with you after this? Okay, so I I need to be a lot better at being on my teacher one. So I'm going to say my teacher one because I just use my personal right now. But you can find me all, everything is whimsically musical. Like it's whimsicallymusical.com. Yeah, except for on Instagram, it's whimsically musical teacher because I had whimsically musical and then I changed it and Instagram won't give it back to me, even though nobody has it. Like yeah. it just won't let me change it to that. And I've been trying for a year. So <laughs> whimsically musical teacher on there. And then Facebook is the same. And if everything is that. So yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. And you have a teacher's pay teacher store. Do you have a website? Oh, yes. Though so I have a website. It's just whimsicallymusical.com. And then I have my teacher's pay teachers, which is also whimsically musical. Okay. Well, awesome. I will link all of um like your Instagram handle and Facebook and everything in the like what do you call it? Show notes. That's what they're called on podcast. <laughs> um, and then also all of like the books that you mentioned as well for anybody who's listening that would like to get that. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.